My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. This episode is brought to you by Buyers Agency Australia. And also, not just the whole economy, I think it's also your personal economy. You know, like, can is it the right time for you? You know, it, it might be um, before children or before huge expenses or your own home, but then you, you still want to be in the, in the, still increasing your personal investments and, and financial freedom goals. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we're back with Daniel Lamp, a doctor and avid property investor. Having found a niche where his two interests intersect, he's on a mission to help other healthcare professionals in their investment journeys by sharing his experiences and tips. When it comes to financial health, Lamp is the doctor to call. Lamp's second property was easier for him to acquire than the first, a phenomenon many investors are familiar with. The first property is typically the most challenging to get in the first place, with the second simply falling into place. For Lamp, however, it wasn't quite as straightforward. In that 2019, um, lending was, was very, very tight and I think at the time, I can't remember exact reasons, but talking to my broker, I, I and then with a good savings rate, I actually ended up tipping in cash for the second property. Um, but yeah, moving forward, you know, I guess got some healthy equity now, and can I'll have a chat with my broker to explore. Um, yeah, moving forward, um, yeah, I guess going back to that um, uh, property lessons, I guess one lesson I learned was that it's very important to do the research and the due diligence, but then equally, it's also important to take action. Um, you know, and, and I guess another one was that, um, you know, land value is important. You know, the second property I bought was on a on a on a, a bigger and, and nicer um, piece of land. Yeah, he credits his stellar saving skills partly to the way he grew up and partly to who he is today. Growing up in a not particularly well-off household, I guess I, you know, savings habits were instilled in me. Um, but yeah, once I did. Um, start working as a junior doctor uh, I guess to be honest there wasn't much time to take holidays anyway and you can't really choose when to take annual leave it's kind of dictated to you by hospital management um, but I did um, I did you know go on some small you know road trips and um, I think in 2018 did go to New Zealand as well and then 
you know, hopefully um, soon can, you know, kind of with COVID settling, you know, maybe do some more trips as well. Yeah. When it comes to his worst investing moments, he's faced a challenge or two that many other healthcare professionals know well. Without going to specifics, I have had a few close calls in regards to almost buying the wrong type of property. You know, some so-called advisors recommend some, you know, off-the-plan properties, which, you know, turned out to be really poor performing assets later. You know, later I found out that they stood to gain, you know, anywhere up to $50,000 commission, um, you know, which they don't disclose to you. Um, so, I felt really quite low and, you know, quite taken advantage of, you know, as doctors and, and busy healthcare professionals, you know, can be seen as easy targets, I think, um, you know. Um, some sometimes talking to my friends or colleagues, you know, they're just told to outsource your decision making regarding investments. Only realizing afterwards that, you know, these spruikers, um, you know, they could even be your financial planner or accountant or mortgage broker. That you know, they didn't have your best interests at heart. You know, and and um, I've seen some colleagues unfortunately buy the wrong property and be burnt, you know, ending up with negative equity. So basically the property going backwards. In our market, it can be difficult to know who to trust and delegating decisions isn't always the best way forward. However, outsourcing has its time and place. Yeah, so I think it's still good to kind of outsource certain things like I'm not going to manage my own properties but I think yeah as you said you know you can't outsource the the overall decision making or the strategy you know that you have to do yourself um, and then yeah in terms of opportunity costs I guess um, yeah my, I guess my personal I guess worst investing moment would be the missed opportunity costs you know properties not a very liquid asset where you can get in and out due to the high transaction costs so buying that wrong property can be very costly. So I guess, yeah, my first property still has gone up, but, um, you know, looking back, could have done better if, you know, bought a, um, a, a larger block of land, yeah. So can I just explore that a little bit further? Um, you know, looking in hindsight, that property seems to have done really well, you know, on, on the back of it. What were some of the things besides the block of land that you could have done differently, do you think? It wasn't particularly disastrous, my first property, but... At the time, I guess I could have bought an existing house on a, an, an older house, I guess, on a, on a larger block of land for the same budget, um, which would have probably got slightly less rent. So I guess it depends on your personal strategy. But for, for me, if I went back in time, I probably would have bought um, an existing older house on a larger block of land here. Yeah. Strategy-wise, since we're sort of touching on this topic, what what is your strategy at this point in time? Early on in my career and investing career, my goal at the moment is to build up an asset base. Um, so that's why going for high capital growth properties um, to be able to leverage that equity into purchasing more is the goal. Um, and I guess still reasonable cash flow you know especially with you know interest rates going up but i think you know it's rather than just listening to the negative media headlines you know to try and step back to actually crunch the numbers like what does it mean can can i still service the loans um and you know what is the overall fundamentals about the particular property market you're buying in 
and also not just the whole economy i think it's also your personal economy you know like can is it the right time for you you know it, it might be um, before children or before huge expenses or your own home but then you, you still want to be in the in the still increasing your personal investments and and financial freedom goals and i guess the bigger picture for me I guess I don't have a particular number in mind, but um, I guess once I have an asset base and then maybe potentially later um, uh, look into more cash flow assets, whether it be um, uh, shares or index funds or commercial property maybe um, or even some alternative um, property investments. But at the moment, I guess, is to try and build up that asset base and to keep learning as well. Lamp wants to be able to choose to work as he's passionate about what he does. While he wants to continue that, his goal is to have the choice of freedom and to help others realize they can do the same. That is kind of the reason why I've started a podcast, Passive Income Doctor, um, is to try and increase the financial literacy of um, doctors and healthcare professionals because we're not taught this in medical school, university. um, And as I mentioned earlier, you know, I see so many doctors, yeah, earning good incomes, um, but then working, you know, 80, 100-hour weeks, barely seeing their families, um, uh, a lot of the time a little bit frustrated from their work. You know, I can see that they're still passionate about the work, but I think if you just work out so much, you might be at risk of burnout, which is not good for yourself and then also not good for your families and also not good for your patients as well. So I think if a doctor is able to have that financial freedom and not have to worry about that side of things, and they might be able to leave a particularly um, bad or stressful job or role, maybe even go part-time or, or or take that leap of faith and maybe go into another area or role or hospital environment where it's a bit better for lifestyle. So I think it will be better overall for everyone. Coming up after the break, we delve deeper into his aha moment. You know, lots of uncertainty, you know, everyone's saying, oh, is it the right time to buy? The importance of surrounding yourself with a reliable team. And also putting together a team, um, a good mortgage broker, accountant, um, and talking to many of them has helped me become a better investor. He recalls the struggles from his uni days and considers how they could have gone differently. Looking back, you know, obviously is this pretty challenging you know being a uni student to try and purchase property and that's next i'm tyron sham and you're listening to property investory do you find yourself stressed out not knowing how or where to find the best property deals or what the best strategy is to build a wealth generating portfolio well, Dragon Dominski can help you while you save time and money. With about two decades of experience as an investor and expert buyer's agent, he finds positively geared properties with development potentials and secures and negotiates off-market deals for his clients. Now, he's offering you a no-obligation 45-minute strategy call to get you started. Just simply text the code BAA with your name and email address to 0405-105-074 to get your no obligation free 45-minute strategy call. 
His learning lessons have also been positive, even if they were accompanied by anxiety and skepticism. So I guess my personal aha moment would be um, that second investment property where I did my own research and due diligence and took the action, you know, flying up after a set of seven night shifts and and um, going around doing the hard work, you know, lots of uncertainty, you know, everyone saying, oh, is it the right time to buy? Um, which, you know, these, these, if you've been in the market long enough, you, you know, these, it, it comes in cycles, you know, the sentiment comes, sentiment come, goes. So at the time, even though market sentiment was very low and lots of uncertainty, you know, I still took the action, put the trigger and I guess, you know, that's paid off, you know, going up, you know, 400k or so in, you know, about three years. So, yeah. Although he bought his second property without the help of a buyer's agent, he's not writing them off for himself or others. So, I guess in my case, you know, I, I did better by myself than with the buyer's agent but I, I, I think I'm still open to the idea and I think if you have the time and, and passion and effort to do it yourself and, you know, use all the resources, definitely I think I think you can do it yourself but for some people who may be very time poor or not, not have the the fortitude or the effort to do it themselves, then having a good buyer's agent, I think, would be worth it as well. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I'm just curious, when you went up to Brisbane and you did all that looking around in the day, did you ever have a thought in your mind going, once if I don't find a deal that day, what would you do next? I, I guess at the time, there was lots of property and also I did research before going up as well. So, I could already kind of have a gauge on the market I was looking at, um, you know, what good value was, you know, rental yields um, and talking to some agents as well. So, I already had put in the legwork. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't just that kind of one or two days as well. But I guess in hindsight, if, if I didn't see a deal that, that stacked up, I probably would have revisited at another time. And are you planning to still continue to invest into the Queensland market? Um, for your next few properties or are you looking at considering other markets as well? Um, I think moving forward, um, I'm interested in the Perth market and also I think even Sydney, I think um, a bit contrarian but I think Sydney's starting to look a little bit interesting as well. So, um, I, I think you know, two investment properties, reasonable value in Brisbane, I'm happy with at the moment and, um, and um, yeah, I'll explore some other markets. Lamp uses many forms of mentorship ranging from rich dad, poor dad, paperbacks through to more technological sources. Yeah, so I wouldn't say there's one particular mentor but definitely using the online forums um, and also meeting people, other fellow investors at some property meetups as well and also putting together a team, um, a good mortgage broker, accountant um, and talking to many of them has helped me become a better investor. Um, and in terms of challenges in regards to investing property, I guess like lots of other investors in recent times, one big challenge is the tightening of lending and, 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 and finance. Um, so, yeah, I guess I love talking to other property investors and, and learning from you know, anyone and everyone. Finding trusted advisors is never easy as Lamp found out firsthand. Personally, I found it very, very difficult and overwhelming. You know, you know, lots of people will say they're good and then it's only in hindsight where you, whether you know they're good or not. Um, and also at the time, at, 
being you know 23 years old, I didn't have that many people in my peer group that were active property investors, which made it a bit more challenging. So some of them I did have to kind of take a leap of faith after doing my due diligence. Um, but nowadays, I guess um, I, I do hang around with some other property investors, both doctors and non-doctors, who you know if they give me a good recommendation, you know that holds much more weight. Um, and yeah, that's that's. I guess partly also why I've started a podcast and also um, doing some regular meetups as well for doctors so that we can get together and try and share our experiences with the people we've used. Uh, I guess I'm curious, what what do you think has been the best advice that you've received? So I guess best piece of advice, one that comes to mind is, you know, spend less than you earn. You know, lots of doctors that I've come across are earning heaps and heaps of money, but they also have very big expenses too. You know, the idea of lifestyle creep, you know, they're you know, upgrading to the, you know, the nice or the newest car every year, multiple overseas holidays, private school fees for multiple kids, you know, buying that expensive trophy home, you know, $30,000 a month mortgage repayments, um, you know, and that, I think that was even pre the most <laughs> latest interest rate increases. So, if you have so much expenses, you know, you might not have that much left over to invest. You know, and there's a perception in the public that you know doctors are very wealthy, and and also there's some societal pressure, I guess, to appear wealthy, um, not just for doctors, but you know, certain professions as well. Um, I, I guess in context is you know if you're doing medical school. After an undergraduate degree, you know, often you might be starting with $100,000 in debt and then, you know, first year salary, base salaries, you know, about $60,000. Um, so, I guess spend less than you earn is, 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 is one piece of advice that I think is very useful and often talked about but definitely useful. I, I guess what I would add to that is that, you know, not just the savings but then with the savings you have, you need to invest it. You know, otherwise, inflation will just eat away the cash in the bank. Um, you know, a lot of my colleagues or and some junior, junior, more junior colleagues, you know, want to wait until they finish specialty training before they invest. Um, but you know, that could take you know five to ten years, and you know, property can go up enormously during that time. And then, secondly, um, another great piece of advice is um, you know, just take action. You know, definitely you need to research and do your due diligence, but you need to take action. But if you met yourself, say, 10 years ago, what do you think you would have said to him? I would have said start investing earlier and know the power of compound growth. Um, I guess looking back, you know, obviously it's, it's pretty challenging, you know, being a uni student to try and purchase property. But I guess, you know, perhaps I would have looked at, you know, if I was able to have a part-time job or potentially joint venturing or something like that. Um, yeah, so I guess start investing earlier. Um, and I guess second one thing is, you know, take care of your financial health. You know, nobody cares about your finances as much as you do. You know, of course, you should draw on the expertise of others who have done, you know, what you want to achieve and also, you know, have, have trusted advisors and build a team around you. Um, but definitely yourself, you need to take an interest in your um, finances. Looking forward to the future, what do you think, what, do you, what are you most excited about, say, your property journey in the next, say, five years? In Investing-wise, I'm, I'm excited to grow my portfolio. 
Um, I currently see good value in Perth and, and I think um, Sydney did go through a big boom and then a bit of a recent correction, but I think Sydney is starting to look interesting also. Um, and other than investing, you know, I'm hoping to spread the word about how doctors can avoid bad property mistakes and, and to, you know, take an interest and take care of their finances. You know, the difference from getting the first property wrong to having a great asset selection is huge. You know, um, if you can have your first property perform, you can, yeah, compound into your second and third and so on. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to organize more meetups and, and to grow my podcast as well. So, Daniel, I think you've achieved such a great amount of things and success in your journey at this point in time. How much of it do you think has been due to your skill, intelligence and hard work and how much of it do you think has been due to luck? Throughout my life, I've always been working hard, you know, to, to grow my skills, you know, um, not afraid to, to work these 60 to 80 hour weeks, but then also, you know, other things that I've done is, you know, educating myself and investing when others were telling me, you know, oh, it's not the right time. Um, I would say that the harder you work and the more action you take, yeah, the more luck you attract. Thank you to Daniel Lamp, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. Do you find yourself stressed out not knowing how or where to find the best property deals or what the best strategy is to build a wealth generating portfolio? Well, Dragon Dominski can help you while you save time and money. With about two decades of experience as an investor and expert buyer's agent, he finds positively geared properties with development potentials and secures and negotiates off-market deals for his clients. Now, he's offering you a no-obligation 45-minute strategy call to get you started. Just simply text the code BAA with your name and email address to 0405-105-074 to get your no-obligation free 45-minute strategy call. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards... Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.